0: Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag.
1: The thing I love about James is, I mean, he just pulls no punches. And one would think, wrongly so by the way, that he was mean. Oh, no way. He was up front, in your face, head on, because he loved and cared enough to do so.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of First Timothy. When someone corrects or rebukes you, most likely your first reaction isn't one of warmth or gratitude. Most of us recoil a bit and grow defensive. But as Pastor J.D. will explain in today's message, the people that really love you will speak truth to you, even when it hurts. They'll be honest and upfront in order to help you grow. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in 1 Timothy chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: I want to talk with you today about an often misunderstood principle in God's Word, having to do with speaking the truth in love. Specifically concerning those times when we are to confront others who have erred or strayed away from the path of righteousness by way of an introduction, I think it would be helpful to revisit a passage we've studied before when we were going through the book of Ephesians. It's in chapter 4 verses 11 through 16 where Paul echoes this, addresses this matter. In verse 11 he says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness Of Christ, then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, verse 15, speaking the truth in love. does its work. So I spent some time this last week concerning the text that is before us today, and as I petitioned the throne about how to teach, how to approach this passage, I decided to tackle the tough topic of confrontation. Yay! Oh, we just love to confront, don't we? I tell you, I this is a tough one for me. I was uh, before the, during the worship I was backstage and I was just, you know, talking to the Lord and praying and saying, Lord, please, you know, bless the teaching, anoint the teaching, and it just kind of hit me that none of you need to be here for this teaching. This is for me. (laughs) I need to hear this because, you know, as I grow in grace and mature in Christ, I realize that, you know, oftentimes it's not so much what I say, it's how I say what I say. I mean, I am fully capable of, I mean, You know, just, I mean, I can, it's a gift. (laughs) It's not a good gift, but it's a gift, man. I mean, I can, this, this tongue, man, it is, you know, as James talks about, that the tongue, you know, we can, we can control these huge ships and ocean liners. We can tame these wild beasts. But when it comes to this little piece of flesh, flesh uh, in our mouths, <laughs> which is why I believe it is that God gave us a white picket fence to keep it inside, you know. Man, a thing when it's left uncontrolled and untamed, and it oof, it has the power of life and death, the tongue, you know. James says you can start a... Uh, firestorm with that tongue. So anyway, thanks for coming anyway. (laughs) Misery loves company, so you know, as I'm convicted, you can be just as convicted as I am. But we need to talk about this. So what follows are three reasons as to why it is that we are actually commanded, this is a command, it's not a suggestion, this is a command, to confront one another. The first one is in verses 3 and 4, and it's that we confront because it's the right thing to do. It seems as though Timothy, and I feel for him, I don't blame him, uh, keep in mind he's a young pastor. He's been mentored by the Apostle Paul. We read last week in the first two verses of First Timothy 1 that Paul saw him, affectionately referred to him as his true son in the faith. I mean he, he loves him so much, but as we're going to see when we get further into this epistle and even uh, the second letter to Timothy as well, um, he was intimidated easily. He was, you know, young and unsure and not really confident. And so here Paul is really encouraging him to stay in Ephesus because he has to confront these guys. And you almost get the impression that he didn't want to stay there. I mean, who, who amongst us really wants confrontation? Don't we do everything possible to avoid confrontation? And I think that's why Paul had to urge him to do the right thing. Stay there in Ephesus. And here's the thing about the right thing. (laughs) Oftentimes the right thing is the hard thing. And such was the case here with Timothy concerning these false teachers and these false doctrines, and clearly it was causing a lot of problems there, and Paul is charging Timothy with this need to confront them in that regard. I find it interesting that Paul would mention this litmus test of source. He says that such things promote these controversial distractions. And that's really to me again a litmus test, a gauge by which to measure whether something is true or not. Is it a distraction that takes me away from the Lord or is it something that builds me up and draws me near to the Lord? And that's what he's saying. He's saying These things promote a controversial distraction, not a godly edification. This has served me well over the years in my walk with the Lord. It's, it's really a a principle. You don't, you don't break it. It breaks you if you go up against it. In other words, it's just one of those life principles, those biblical truths. It is what it is, and it's a gauge. This relationship I'm in, this hobby I have, this, you know, thing that I do, does it draw me away from the Lord, or does it draw me nearer to the Lord? That's the test. Even more interesting, and we talked about this last week, is that Paul is not just addressing this issue to Timothy as a pastor, so too does he address this issue to Titus, who is also a pastor. This is why it is that we affectionately refer to Timothy and Titus as the pastoral epistles. Listen to what he says in chapter 3, verses 9 through 11, He says, but avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law, because these are unprofitable and useless. It's a waste of time. It's a distraction. He says in verse 10, we've talked about this before, warn a divisive person once, and then warn them a second time, after that have nothing to do with them. You may be sure that such people are warped and sinful, they are self-condemned. You know, there are those times where you just have to do the right thing as hard as it is, as much as you want to avoid it. But you have to do it. You have to confront that person, quit avoiding them, deal with them, warn them, confront them. What you're doing is not right. And I love you enough, we're going to talk about that next, I love you enough to say something. In fact, if I didn't really care, I wouldn't really bother. Can I have? You know? but I love you. I care about you enough to warn you about what you're doing. Well, that's our second one in verses 5 through 7, and it's that we confront because we love. You know, when Paul writes to the Ephesians and says, speak the truth in love, it's This idea of speak the truth in love, but speak the truth because you love. In other words, certainly we want to be loving, gentle, gracious. As Paul says, our words seasoned with grace. Again, how we say what we say carries a lot more weight. But we speak the truth in love, we confront in love, but we confront because we love. I don't know if it's possible to overstate the importance of what Paul says here. Did you catch this? I mean, this is, this is a, a glimpse into the heart of the Apostle Paul. And you know, God sees the heart. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God sees the heart. This is Paul's heart. He's he's saying, Timothy, this is in love, and it's from a pure heart. My motives are pure, and my faith is sincere. To me, this speaks to the why behind the what when it comes to confronting others, specifically, as it relates to meaningless talk, especially from those who (laughs) don't even know what they're talking about, while fancying themselves to be teachers of the law, which we're going to talk about here in a moment. This is James chapter 3 verse 1. I love James. You got to know that James grew up with God incarnate. You know that, right? James was the half-brother of Jesus the Christ. Can you imagine growing up where where your half-brother is perfect (laughs) and sinless? His room is always clean. He's always obedient. Did you imagine, mom and dad, why can't you be more like your brother? So he grew up like that. You know, church historians, actually, I don't mean to go too far off into this, but it seems like I already did. Uh, Church historians suggest that it wasn't until later that James came to a saving knowledge of his brother, the Christ. But I mean, the thing I love about James is, I mean, he just pulls no punches. And one would think, wrongly so by the way, that he was mean. Oh, no way. He was up front, in your face, head on, because he loved and cared enough to do so. And that's why when you read the book of James, you don't really enjoy the book of James. you more like endure the book of James. It's one of those books where, and we're going to get there, maybe before the rapture. We don't, we don't know yet. But uh, it's one of those books where you just, you study that book and you walk away from it going, Am I even still saved? It's so, it's been likened unto the New Testament book of Proverbs, the wisdom in it. It is so full, so packed full of wisdom and exhortation and rebuke, needed rebuke. And such is the case here in chapter 3 verse 1 where he says, not many of you should become teachers my fellow believers. Do you want to know why? I'm trying to talk you out of it. You want to know why? Because you know that we who teach, He's including Himself, will be judged more strictly. Now you know why I wanted you to be here, because I want you to be convicted like me, because <laughs> I'm going to be judged as a teacher of God's Word more strictly. I'm going to be held to an account when I stand before the Lord with what I did, with the gift that he gave me of a pastor and teacher. I'm going to have to give an account and I'm going to be judged accordingly, more strictly. Well, it's this third one that I want us to spend the remainder of our time on, in verses 8 through 11. And this would seem like a firm grasp of the obvious at first read, but the reason we confront is to lead them to Jesus. I'll even take it a step further and add, in some cases it's to confront them to lead them back to Jesus. I think about what Paul said to the Galatian churches in chapter 6 about restoring somebody that's gone off the rails as we say, but do so gently, lovingly, humbly, and be careful yourself. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought, but if you love them enough you're going to be willing to confront them, get them back on track, get them back to the Lord. Well here Paul seems to provide us with some specificity as it relates to the problems that Timothy had to confront as a young pastor. And it seems that there were these legalists who were misusing the law, and in so doing falsely misplacing people under the curse of the law. And this is not the intent of the law. That's not the purpose of the law. That's not why God gave the law. The reason why God gave the law, the intent of the law, is to show us us. Stay with me. It's a mirror. It's perfect flawless. And it's a mirror, the mirror of God's law. When you look into the perfect law of God, you see yourself as God sees you, not as you see yourself. Because isn't it true? We always shed ourselves in the most favorable light. I always think about the book of Proverbs, which we just finished recently, and how in the contrasting Proverbs. You know the ones where it says, the righteous do this, but the wicked do that. Here's what we do. Somebody comes to mind, yeah, they need to hear this. Because of course, what can I say? (laughs) The righteous do this. Thank you very much. (laughs) It's like the Lord's going, it's not you oh <laughs> no that's self righteousness and self righteousness Isaiah says is as filthy and you 'll forgive me, but in the original language, it is referring to a menstrual cloth a dirty a dirty cloth that is what your own righteousness is, and there's actually uh without getting too far into it uh, an explanation for it because see. It's a death when there is no pregnancy, see, and that's what your righteousness leads to, your own righteousness. So that's what it's like. So now we have a problem here. So I'm, isn't it true that the hardest people to share the Lord with or to confront and speak truth to are the ones that are like, What's the problem? What's your problem? I'm not hurting anybody. I'm good. It's all good. Don't you, don't you hate that one? It's all, Listen, I you'll forgive me, but it's not all good. <laughs> it's not. In fact, it's really bad. It's really bad. And one need look no further than into the mirror of God's law to see just how bad it is. That's the purpose of the law. That's the intent of the law. And It appears that what was happening was that they were bringing people back under the law, and that was causing major problems. Because if you really think about it, if I'm back under the law, <laughs> I'm doomed, and so are you, with a capital D
0: thanks for joining us for today's edition of in Spirit and Truth with Pastor j d We hope you continue to be encouraged in your faith as we learn from the Book of First Timothy together. One of the greatest lessons from this book is that it doesn't matter how young or old you are. If God calls you to something, answer his calling He's faithful to use you and your gifting to further the kingdom in powerful ways. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. As always, we encourage you to keep studying the Bible on your own. If you'd like to hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings in this series, you'll be able to find them at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com Maybe you've been listening today and you've become aware that you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. You may already read the Bible and may even attend church, but have you surrendered your life to Christ? If not, Today's the day to make that change If you're not sure where to start Please visit Inspiritandtruthradio.com Right now And find the ABC's of salvation Under the resources tab This will give you step-by-step Instructions And will answer questions you might have About why this is so important We also encourage you to be part of a church If you're in the Kaneohe area We'd love to have you join Our church family Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website. Again, that's InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com Thanks for joining us for In Spirit and Truth.